Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Big 12 Championship Podcast. If you haven't listened to our West Virginia recap, feel free to listen to it. But in this one, we're strictly talking OU Texas, Big 12 Championship, Big Game Pod. Jameson, <laughs> honestly, I keep, keep laughing at the Bob Stoops hello thing we just kept watching. Taylor, I got someone I want you to meet. Hello. Anyone remember the old the old old commercial with Bob Stoops saying hello? Horribly was, dubbed over. Yeah, that I, I was, he said hello earlier, and I was like, that just reminds me of some kind of inside joke we used to have, and somehow I remembered it. Oh. Well, we're completely <laughs> off topic. Immediately started the podcast, but that's okay. We're, nothing about uh, anything other than OU Texas immediately gets off topic. <laughs> immediately starts talking about a, an eight year old AT and T commercial with Bob Stoops. Anyways, well, we're we're on it. Um, obviously. This this is a huge one, and we talked about this a little bit during our uh, first OU Texas thing this season about you know what it would be like if there's if there's a game in Arlington or somewhere else. Well, we get to see it. Yeah, and I was really nervous about this uh, game, and I didn't really think it was going to happen. And as we watched the rest of the season go, like, oh, no chance we're going to replay Texas. And what do you know? OSU comes and spoils party for everybody, and <laughs> somehow makes it where we have a rematch. It's going to be so weird because I'm – so I've got a basketball game I coach for my Little League at 8.30. I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be like I, – I won't feel as rested, but I won't be like hungover from the night before. Um, you can't take the dart. I, and you won't take the dart. You won't drink out of the wax cups. You won't have a corn dog. I'm just going to kind of roll up to the stadium It'll be compl- and just kind of walk in and just – It'll kind yeah. of feel like a Chargers game, except yeah. everyone's wearing OU stuff. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really odd. Like for the NFL games I went to, it's like like there's not many people like do like pre games or tailgates, and unless you're in Buffalo, the tailgating in Cleveland don't even get me started. With with Dallas, they don't really do any tailgating either. Uh, we parked in some far lot away that was like way overpriced, and it, for, it sucks for the people that are actually having to drive their cars down there to the game. That's a very, very poor decision. Yeah, I I'm, highly I'm stuck suggest there. y'all not to drive and pay for parking at the game. Yeah, and I've tried to figure out what to do with that because on one hand, you can get a group of people drive and then split the split the price of the parking, and then you know we'll have a little tailgate. You don't have to worry about Uber rides there or back. It really just matters where you're staying, I suppose. Yeah, and I and I don't know really how the tailgating is going to work there. Uh, I don't. See, whenever I was there uh, last Thanksgiving for the Cowboys Chargers game, I really didn't see much. Just kind of like tailgating and drinking around. It, no one really drinks. I think it's kind of like taboo almost to drink at certain places outside NFL. NFL is like really, really like strict about that. So I don't really know how that's going to go. They're weird about lots. Um, and I, I've I've re- done some research and. Apparently, you can only park on like the edges of the parking lot and tailgate. That's kind of how I remembered it. With uh, t- when I went mm-hmm. to the TCU game, they had the TCU kids at a little tailgate, and you know we visited, and it was a good time. But it, it's not a very big tailgatey culture. It's not. It's it's there's really not much around the stadium. Uh, I guess there's a little Texas Live thing they just put up around uh, like right outside the ballpark. But other than that, like yeah, don't don't expect this to be some big boogaloo or anything. It's not going to be 
very exciting. Um, yeah, now I... But inside, now that is where it's going to matter. Once you get into AT&T Stadium, it's going to be a mess. Yep, and uh, if OU fans wanted to have beer during the game, here's your first shot that we thought that we were going to have during the season. You can buy beer in this stadium. You could literally have a shot, in fact. Oh, <laughs> yes, There's yes. liquor. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's going to be overpriced, but I mean, still, right. that, that'll be a cool experience for some people. But it, like Bobby <laughs> did allude to it, it's going to be like an NFL game. Yeah. And uh, the hype for, up for it should be wild, because this is OU Texas. The, the pregame hype should be... People trash talking, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I'm just getting this weird vibe that, like, walking into the stadium, I don't feel like it's going to be like, was it the combo? It's not no. going to be like, people aren't going to have, like, the the wherewithal and the, the boldness to say, oh, like, throw the horns down at people because obviously you're going to get penalized. <laughs> Super so offensive. And people, people are not going to get in little banter fights, you know? They're not going to be bickering at each other, I feel like, as much. Um, well, you know what the wild card will be, though, is because... Uh, only 80,000 80, were, were like allotted to the universities. Usually with OU Texas, it's OU sells their half, Texas sells that half. People will be mixed. OU, OU fans and Texas fans will be intermingled. There won't be a split. I don't know. Whenever I think that, I think it's still going to be kind of like little patches. I think it'll be it patchy. Be, I think it'll be more patches rather than polka dotty. Yeah, you know I agree I'm trying with that. To say? Yeah, it'll think, be patchy. I think you'll have a nice little huddle. Of little OU people around you probably because d- if you're sitting um, either in a student section seat or if the donor seat yeah um, but if you're not in one of those obviously it's going to be very intermingled but other than that, I feel like those are going to be kind of like in a little groups so you'll see a Texas fan kind of over like a couple a couple rows you know obviously but I I don't expect it to be like you're standing next to a Texas fan on your left no and that that probably is not going to be out it, it will be it'll be interesting though it won't it'll look like kind of like bowls. Yes, I, I agree. It'll look like a bowl, and, and they do decently with mixing for the for the bowls. Um, kind of having it like this is the student sections, and and they kind of do a little bit like what we saw in the orange bowl and what we saw in the rose bowl. They did pretty well. With, yeah, uh, with making it. This is I I honestly think it's unchar- uncharted territory. Spotlight is is about is probably the best we can um, compare it to. Yeah, for sure, and it's I'm excited for it because the uh, Big Twelve Championship I went to is half empty. TCU fans just didn't show out. OU fans had pretty much no intrigue for it. But this this is different. This is going to be electric. I'm already I'm I'm already excited, and it's Tuesday when we're recording it. I I, I can't I can't stop thinking it, about it. I'm hyped. It's so weird because we've only played them twice in one season once, and it was in 1903, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just something untrue. Like I said earlier to somebody that it was the first time ever, but I just didn't even think about back in 1903 before Oklahoma was even a state. Yeah, um, still four years away. I, I it's it's unreal. It's something new and weird. That and going into that, it's like going into a bowl game. It's something new. It's something weird. But you're kind of everyone's kind of like that. It's kind yeah. of weird. This is like there's obvious history of OU in Texas, but we're in this new setting. Like we walked into that new school. We're both we're both heated rivals, but we're now both at the same high school now. Exactly. It's, it's so weird. It's so it's familiar, so incredibly familiar, but so incredibly different. Because the schooner will still be there. Their dumb cow will still be there. They'll have you know their drum and everything. It'll it'll be, uh, it'll be and weird. I've been working on the railroad. I completely forgot. Oh, we get to my, do it again. My favorite part. Oh man, I didn't get oh. to do much. I one thing I do wish I wish that they had the corn dog beer there. That's oh, something it was we so missed good. out on. I, I got it. At, I got it at TCU, and it was very good. I can vouch for it. I, I mean, I wish needed mustard. You didn't. You didn't get the mustard rim, though. No, because no, no actual establishment would actually give you the mustard well, rim. So what you and mean? It's a shame. Then you just walk over to a table and get some mustard. You did it wrong. <laughs> I did do it wrong. <laughs> Shout out to America Gardens. You were just drinking an amber beer with a hint of corn dog. It actually it. did taste like a corn dog. It was not just a random amber. And I'm really upset that I didn't get an opportunity. Hopefully, to they taste still that. have it. They I mean, should. You think they'll have it at the at well, probably um, not house? at the game, but maybe you can find it at a liquor store somewhere. We need to go on a hunt for that. Oh my goodness! I, my mind was just blown. We got to. Yeah, we'll we'll go on a look for the revolver corn dog ale. What's that? Yes. That, is, that is our mission. I will, I will. We will find each other in the parking lot and actually go through with it. This we time. have. We have to actually. Like do it. Actually, do we, it. we said we said we were going to for the Texas game. We were um, so upset afterwards. I, I and then before that, the game, I, I was I was so upset. I left, and I was so upset. I said I ain't like staying in this dart line. And I dared 
to order an Uber slash Lyft. Oh. I dared. I dared it because I said, That's I risky. cannot deal with a line. I'd rather just sit down in the grass <laughs> and just wait and just sulk for a long time to get an Uber. And I said, I ain't going out tonight. I'm going home. See, it's funny because I took the alternative. I... I was like, I don't want to deal with the dot right now. I'm going to wander around the fair and sulk and drink my extra 50 coupons away. Can we use coupons I, at the Cowboys Stadium? I, I was, I should, let's tweet at them. Let's tweet at AT&T Stadium and see if we can use the coupons. Because I've got my leftover coupons in my shoebox up there. <laughs> I have. I, I think I have enough for one uh, wax cup beer. I at, the, like... at the at the at the beer barn. Oh, that's right. I'm gonna miss the beer barn with the with the two dollar beers. You won't oh. be getting that at Jerry World. Yeah, I I wish that they could do some deal where it's like we give them back, but they give us a discounted crash price back of of Dallas Cowboys coupons or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Jerry bucks. Yes, I'm, I would well, gladly take, take a Jerry buck. Ge- I'll exchange Dallas Fair coupons. <laughs> For Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Bucks. Yeah, and this I, is a great business model for them, and it would save the state of Texas many exactly. monies. Uh, many, many monies. Uh, but how much? How much? How many Jerry Bucks are there in a Stanley nickel? That's I, a real I, question. That is also a huge, <laughs> huge question. But wouldn't oh you? Gosh. Would you do two to one on it? I would do two to one on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm impatient. I want. I want. If I'm going to an OU Texas game, I want as many Cotton Bowl aspects as I can. Yes. And we're not going to get any of it, and it's no. going to be really sad. And it's going to be like you said. Like we said, it's weird, and and that's why I said earlier um, after the Texas game, and even before, I don't want to see the alternative reality of if they decide to go away from the Cotton Bowl, and if this game ends out being something spectacular, and they realize they can sell more on tickets, and the revenue and businessmen's eyes light up to this. It, there might be some greed that might say, "Hey, let's after our contract ends in what twenty twenty two or something like that." Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's, maybe. Hopefully, I think it's twenty five. Hope it's twenty five. I, I don't know. I don't that that named. I think that's when the Chargers are supposed to finish their stadium. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I think that's just a horrible date that's going to get pushed back. But uh, aside from that, I I think that that you could see businessmen say, "Hey, this is something that could work," and it's going to completely tear away everything that is. Our tradition. Yeah, we've already we've already lost a lot of OU's tradition with losing Nebraska, mm-hmm. and if we lose the Cotton Bowl, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the OU tradition. Because OU Texas would then just be like A and M Arkansas or the Advocare kickoff. Yeah, Classic. and that's boring. We see a million Texas, of these Jerry World things. Texas Tech versus Baylor. Yeah, and we we already here's the thing. We already play a game at Jerry World. We don't need two. We don't need to automatically have two Jerry World games because we're going to make the Big Twelve Championship until it, until the conference falls apart. Well, we might, Clearly, yeah. we might have yeah, we might have two <laughs> this year. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, that whole conference falling apart thing is a completely different conversation. That, yeah, that, that's off season talk. But I will say this: um, I like that the athletic departments are kind of separating it a bit from the game. The Cotton Bowl or the Golden Hat won't be up for grabs. I, I completely agree with that. Um, it's similar to kind of our group text belt thing. Yes. The belt only should be won at belt events. If you win in an exhibition match, the belt does not come over. That is but true. I'm saying you own, the rivalry game is where you win the trophy. You should not give it over, even though we really do want our I hat I do want back. my hat back pretty bad. But with that being said, I, I'm pretty cool with that. I feel like this, I think, I think this has, this might be just a thing where, you know, we have Ellinger and you have Kyler Murray who obviously don't like each other, but this seems like it's a really spicy OU Texas already. Do you see how Del Conte spelled Cotton Bowl? <laughs> Cotton Bowl? <laughs> yeah, I just had to put that in. Yes, but it is going to be spicy. <laughs> I really like how Kyler Murray went and he didn't have any comments for Ellinger. And then, obviously, Ellen Gaylor, Ellinger tweets out the little 14-year-old girl. Your, God, I can't talk. 14-year-old girl subtweets Kyler Murray and okay, then goes cool, and, den- yeah, and then, then denies it at the next... Uh, press conference, and he doesn't have the balls to say, yeah, no comment on... What do you think about Kyler Murray's game? I actually really like it. Well, yeah, because you can't say no comment because that dude's playing the best college football quarterback in the in the, in the nation. Also, he's, a, he's just being a cheeky bastard, yeah. honestly. Like, the, the guy, I, I can't stand him for the life of me. And I think I think one thing about this is because it's a rematch, you don't... It, it's The wounds are still fresh for OU. Most and I think, I think everything is still very recent. So instead of having to wait all the way over till October, we can get right back at it. And absolutely, it's it's, it's going to be a chippy game, and it's really awesome. And if we win this game, Texas fans next year will be like, "Oh, but we beat you last year." And yeah, sure. Still, that's going to be their one little thing in their back pocket. But it feels really nice that 
that we finally get to relieve this chip of our, off our shoulder and a, revenge. Yeah. It's huge. And how big do you think that revenge aspect is going to be uh, going forward into playoff talks? We talked about it a little bit in uh, in our, our last podcast. You can listen to that now. But not now now, but later now. Um, <laughs> but how big do you think this revenge aspect is going to be in getting OU in? I, yeah, I think it's definitely something that will be a bullet point in the pros list for OU, why they deserve to be the number four team. I don't think it's a thing that will push them over the edge. I don't yeah. think it's like, hey, they avenged their loss. Now they are great and everything's perfect with OU. No, you're obviously going to take a holistic look at the whole um, OU team and see, hey, this is a team with poor defense, and their one loss was to a rivalry game in a neutral stadium by three points, and they avenged it. That's that is on their pros list. That is something good. Yes, but it is, it is no trump card. No, I think I think it just really adds to improving the loss, but it doesn't erase it. And exactly what you said. Uh, but in general, I'm just I'm so excited to get back out here, and maybe I shouldn't be because I don't think anything would be more crushing than losing to Texas again and having to walk out of that. Because the walk out of the Cotton Bowl after you lose is one of the worst feelings ever. But getting this chance to, to undo that and not only, not only beat your biggest rival, but win the Big 12 championship and go into the college football playoff, those stakes are, um, those emotional stakes could probably never have been higher. Oh, absolutely. This will be probably the happiest I've been coming out of a college football game. If we win. If we win. If, we do it. If, yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, if we win, this is going to be one of the happiest I've been coming out of a college football game in a long time. Uh, I was very happy coming out of that Ohio State game. That's pretty but great. It's different whenever you beat Texas, and if we go out and we whoop them, which I really, really hope so, th- that would be like, hey, we made our case. Unless something really screwy happens, we're in and we're playing Bama, and even though that's a really scary opponent, and chances are we probably will lose that game, still... It's do or die, playoffs or not. I don't care if we get whooped. I'm glad we made it to the CFP. Exactly. You always have to take getting in the CFP over not getting in the CFP. Because that's just what, getting in is, is, is a bullet point. The Pac-12 keeps getting hit because they never get in. Yeah, what do you play the, the game of football to do? You play to win the game, yeah. like Herm Edwards said. And if you play to win a bowl game that's not a CFP, that's just a participation trophy like i said uh you don't aim for sixth place you don't aim for fifth place you aim for first place and if i lose in the tournament on my way to first place i'm glad i made it there over winning some kind of sugar bowl you know exactly i mean just look at just look at the bowl records from from last year the sec or let's i mean the acc you know they, they won 10 or wait no wait hold on one second one second i'm looking at this wrong they were four the, the, and six the, they were four and the big 12 went five and three the Big Twelve went five and three. The SEC went five and six. Now, if you just look at and, that, and that's and that's counting, you know, the playoff, the, the extra playoff win from Alabama in the national title, and the, probably mm-hmm. not the loss. I don't know if that does. But what I'm trying to say is, the Big Twelve did not get bolstered by that five and three win. They still think it's a bad conference. Bowls don't matter. There's nothing. And not only that, but even when you win, it's there's something melancholy about walking out of the stadium and be like, "Oh, football's over. I'm sad now," and I don't even have anything to you know cheer me up except for this weird yeah. little tin cup. Ab- absolutely, recruits don't come to OU saying, "I want to go in and win a Sugar Bowl." Freshmen coming into their sophomore season don't say, "I'm going to go in. I want to win a Sugar Bowl." They say, "I'm going to win a national championship." Exactly. And a lot of the times you hear that from teams, players. There's sometimes where you say, "Okay, come on, let's humble ourselves." But in actual honesty, if you're not shooting for the highest goal, what are you doing? Exactly. Uh, there's If you have the capacity to do it and there's a slight chance to, uh, and you have the road there in front of you, you just have to do certain things along that road, of course aim for it. Aim for the highest in every single situation wherever you have the road to do it. Of course. Now, okay, let's take a bit of a look, a little dive into what we think is going to happen for the game. Uh, did did a couple uh, some thinking. Obviously, the teams are way different from when they played in October. Um, but my biggest takeaway from that game was OU's inability to capitalize on momentum, uh, to, and not only that, but their their inability to produce after you know Texas would get a good would get a big touchdown. You would see that it was a much more shoddy offense, a little more timid. It 
that and that that I think was the thing that you would always see with OU at Texas Tech or uh, even Oklahoma State or uh, especially West Virginia. Everything every time things would get rough, the offense would would settle down, get a touchdown, get right back to it. With this Texas game, outside of that twenty-one point burst, uh, it, the offense just wasn't responding. They would get close, but whenever Texas would would send that hay, that haymaker right back, they usually wouldn't have anything back. Absolutely. Uh, my big thing, what I think the difference is going to be, is uh, I don't think Ellinger is going to have a big impact on the ground as he did the, that last game. Uh, if OU's defense lets that happen again for a second time, I wouldn't be surprised. Because OU, obviously, hasn't been the best of making adjustments. But I think having Caleb Kelly at the outside linebacker spot is huge. And now that we're playing him more, and him leading the game in tackles last week, we're really committing that we're playing him at that outside linebacker spot. Him, Bolton, Kenneth Murray. Our defensive line ain't going to make tackles. But if we're going to put our three best linebackers out there, we're going to go. That's going to be our game. Exactly. And having a good linebacking crew is the best um, way to stop a running quarterback. Yep. And I so I'm not sold as much on that happening. I still think that Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson are going to get big time catches. Yes, of that, course. That, that is that is something that's going to happen. Texas is going to score twenty to thirty points guaranteed. I'm not saying they can. And that's not a bad game. They can definitely score more. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying at least that would be a bad game much. for Texas if they scored twenty to thirty. I would agree with yes. you. I'm saying so. Like I, that's going to happen. I just don't think that these stupid third and twenties mean are going to happen again. Hopefully not, because that's yeah. just so rare and so weird. God. And I don't think that these stupid little Sam Ellinger designed QB power runs are going to be as effective. But I still am very scared of Texas passing offense. Sam Ellinger's right shoulder, even though he's been um, hurt with that, still looks pretty decent. He's been doing well. Uh, I don't know. I you think that. Uh, humans would be able to not make the same mistake twice and I'm thinking very optimistically but you can never tell for sure with OU's defense yeah and I I here's the, the thing with OU's defense is you can fix the I feel like you can fix the quarterback run issue um and I think I think you could fix most things with it but you can't fix the fact that little Jordan Humphrey and and Colin Johnson are significantly bigger than any corners we have so really what you got to see is a lot of what Trey Trey Brown's been doing, and you know, getting up there scrapping, really, really making it difficult for them. Uh, it's and to put it to put it lightly, pass interference without pass interference. Yeah, get, get yeah, get you gotta get you gotta get physical with these guys. And that's definitely something Trey Brown can do. We've been saying this the whole year, even whenever he wasn't getting the snaps. He has the athleticism and the speed to be able to play press conference, press conference, press coverage, <laughs> and be able to play tight on the guys. While Trey Norwood doesn't have that kind of speed, is exactly. he has to play the seven yard cushion. That cushion, things that OU fans have been cussing about for mm-hmm. many, many years now. Yeah, and if you look at, uh, yeah, and I think defense. When it comes to defense, I think Texas is stoppable. I I don't think that we'll do great against them. But I definitely don't think we're going to see the type of output they had in the Cotton Bowl on, on in October. I, I think I think they played probably their best game ever. What we really need to do to kind of slow down Ellinger, we need to get get pressure on him. They, we had no pressure on him last last we year. Barely get any pressure this game. Yeah. We we got lucky last game with West Virginia getting some pressure. Yes, but but if we kind of replicate that pressure, that'd be very big. Yes. Um. And another thing, talking going back to the secondary before I forget, our outside cornerbacks had a very good game versus West Virginia. It was the, our nickel spots and our safeties that really were hurting us over the top. Mm-hmm. I actually like the way Parnell Motley played in Trey Norwood. And Trey Brown, I thought they all played great, pretty good games. Um, I think Parnell Motley, I even though I predicted him as a possible first team Big Twelve guy, <laughs> uh, that was kind of very very freezing cold take. But that's uh, okay. But uh, I, it's because I thought he'd get the slot interceptions. I had, I had Buki as, yeah, as a potential guy. That, yeah, that was that's a... also really bad. So that this can stop. <laughs> but but I'm saying I think Parnell Motley, the way he's been playing, and him and Trey Norwood can do better versus Colin Johnson now. Yeah, I think Lil Jordan Humphrey is a guy to be more scared about because we can they move him a little bit more in different positions. Yeah, I I just look at this offense and you see you, you look at them since they played OU. They put up twenty three on Baylor, twenty four on Iowa State, and twenty four on on KU. And then had big games against 
West Virginia, uh, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State. But as we definitely have seen from championship November, those offenses can get it running. Um, I'm not that afraid of that offense. If 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 we can just keep them to just a little bit, if we can if we can get stops, which we had none of until the fourth quarter, this will be a different game. Because you know what? That defensive performance Texas put on us, that was once in a lifetime. That was a lucky a lucky find in a pretty early season game. I think this offense is so well tuned that I don't I don't see anyone really stopping them outside of Alabama. Absolutely. I uh... I mean, I'd be a little timid with Georgia as well. Yeah, true. But, but other than that, I feel pretty dang confident. Even versus a cursed Clemson team, I'd feel pretty good with our offense versus our defense. Uh, but still, I'm very, very excited to see this team. We have a lot of question marks and a lot of things that we need to avenge. And like I, like I said earlier, I don't think we need need to like say, like, hey, this is all the things we fixed. But it'd be really, really nice to afterwards saying, Okay, they, they did really well with uh, big plays. We stopped some big plays. They did really well with the quarterback run. We stopped that. Like, kind of little things that these are the things we improved on. It's kind of it's kind of like the, what, so what did you improve on after your break? Well, this is what I did, and this is what I, like, yeah. like, like it's kind of like the BS kind of interview, like, questions. What did you do in your break? Okay. Yeah. But if we can go out and show some improvement rather than we didn't just stall for the rest of the season, even though we truly... Oh, you fans who watched the whole season know that we've been making slight, tiny little strides here and there. They haven't been consistent, but we've seen, oh, the corners and the we did decent with our turnovers last game. And then there's some games where we had good play on the defensive line with Neville Gallimore. But we haven't had it all accumulate together. If we can kind of have one of those games on Saturday, that's definitely something we can put on our pros list for the four spot. Exactly. And it, it, it's, it's something you hear a lot of people talking about, the, that complete game uh, that other teams have. I, I don't really know if that's that necessary. Uh, it's just outscoring the team. And if we can make just a little little bit of changes, just, you know, like you said, like we just, it, we, we, the defense does not have to play perfect. We do not have to shut this team out. We just have to not make any, any, any mistakes offensively, get stops, maybe a turnover, when I think OU, if they can win by two touchdowns, I think that would be very solid. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, and it's 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 going to take it's going to take uh, the defense having to handle Texas respond after a score because they will come at you. They will they will come hard. They will get created. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a mess. Um, Tom Herman comes out for his big games. We've known that. Yes. He, he falters whenever, except for West Virginia this year, he faltered versus LSU uh, and Maryland. But other than that, he came out for that OU game firing. Like, that's that's what he does. He has a vendetta versus OU where he's done really well versus us in the past. And that's kind of weird to say. I mean, since the times of Houston. Yeah. Uh, he He's kind of, like, it's kind of weird to say in comparative. He's kind of got our number right now. Kind of. Yeah, we gotta take it. That. We got to take it back. Yes, yeah. because he, he, he has the lead on us. Right so now, he hasn't. So I, we got to take it back. We got to come out. We got to come out with more fire than them. I want to see our guys really, really passionate. I want to see scuffles every single play. I want to see our guys trash talking. I don't. And seriously, I'm at the point where I don't care if we get a couple. If we're actually playing well, get a couple unsportsmanlike comments. Get a, get, I want to see. Some, I, I want to see some fires. Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray ain't gonna do it from what he said, no. but. Uh, I don't know, Marquise and CD, they're still kind of uh, scarred from wherever they got the Dragon yeah, Ball Z thing. A little spooked out from that. But I don't know. As, if we get a pick six or something, yeah. If Buki gets that pick six, guaranteed. 1,000% he is putting the horns down. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And I I think... Let's let, let's do a little, a little prop here. Over, under, horns down. Let's set it at two and so a half. So does it count for in the middle of the game? Yeah, in-game... Well, let's do... Let's do in-game horns down. Ed will set it up. Let's go. Let's go one and a half. Yeah. One. See, I feel like this is either it's a, either a zero thing or there's a bunch. I think it depends on how we're playing. If we're blowing them out, I think that there's gonna be a lot of horns down. I think there might be there might be a one. Yeah. If we make a big play because from watching our cornerbacks, if they make one stop out of ten, they still get up and they flex out the dude, which I always think they go like, oh, Parnell Motley does like the incomplete sign. I'm like, yeah. okay, good for you. I like that you're doing that, but bud, come on, next time. If it's a close game, one, not close game, probably 
I could see it blowing up, and there's just a bunch. Like if it's a blowout, I because could, if it's blowout too, they just made it like a big deal of this horns down thing, and we really want to come at Texas. We we're we're angry. This is this is a huge game for the program. I think going forward, because if you let Texas beat you twice, that will give them massive recruit massive recruiting ammo oh, for this year. They already have an edge. They already have an edge they, for, because for, they're Texas because they're Texas they and. You hate to say it, but there's probably more boosters down there helping the recruiting game. Texas is the most is the most underperforming program of all time because of what assets they have and how they performed. Three Big Twelve championships is absurd given what they have. Given the athletes they have, you hear Tom Herman talking about, oh, how many All Conference guys you have. It's like, that's well, yeah, so that's sad. because you can't develop these four or five stars. It's not because you aren't getting good players. You're not Texas Tech. You're not Baylor. You are Texas. And even though Charlie Strong wasn't great, he recruited well. They've never had a dip in talent. They've always recruited well. Texas should be doing a lot better with, than what they have, and they haven't. And it is... And it, it, I'm not mad. I'm, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Keep underperforming. But the... But the fact of the matter is, Texas is the one team that can keep with OU on the field because they're the one team that have have athletes to match ours in the Big 12. And that is what makes them always dangerous every time we play. Absolutely. And it's kind of that getting that dog out of those players that want to play, fulfilling their full potential. And whenever it's a rivalry game, those guys, have, they go out and they play to their, for full, their almost full potential. But whenever they go versus OSU and Stillwater, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And... and, and I mean, I'm not gonna say it, but yeah, Tom Herman, I'm I'm adding you right now. I I've been very very obvious that I'm not a big fan of Tom Herman. I hate how he mocked Drew Locke, and ever since Awful. then, yeah. ever since then, I've hated him. I did I didn't really like him too much, but didn't have too much of an opinion of him until that bowl game. And that once you mock a player as a coach, a coach has to be a professional person. You look at Lincoln Riley. He is the epitome of professionalism, even at a young age. He went on, and like the way he interviews, he's just very cool, calm, and collected. He says things polit- politically and like in the sports world, politically correct. There's yeah. a politic of sports. He says everything correctly. He do- he won't throw anyone under the bus. He just says it and moves moves on, and that's what you want out of a coach. And because you know, behind the scenes, he's playing a completely different person. But that's what you want. Yeah, and I'm a- here's the thing. I'm okay if your coach is an asshole, because I, Switzer I think was hilarious. He made no, ba- no no bets about it. Never ever would anyone call him a classy guy. I don't think he, even he would. However, I cannot stand how Tom Ehrman, who is one of the unclassiest coaches in college football, stands up here and pouts about you know oh they did the horns down and oh morals morals morals. No, you were if you're a scumbag, just be a scumbag. Don't act like. A bunch of other guys are don't 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 play moral police on the rest of us because and, you're not that. And coaches don't have to be the nice guy. You know? I mean, Nick Saban he he's known as a hard ass, and that's how his identity is. And you still get people to go there because you realize a hard ass is probably good in sports. If Tom Herman's got an edge to him and he's a little fiery, there's players out there like that that are really really good that are fiery edge, kind of edge on guys and get fired up by that kind of stuff by a coach. That's him. Don't try to fake a persona. Yeah, don't be a hypocrite. That's what, and, and Tom Herman, I think, can really be a hypocrite sometimes. It's, it's just, I don't know. I, it, I can't stand all, the guy. All in all, huge, huge stakes for just our pride as a program. We haven't played Texas twice since the early 1900s. 1903. And it's so weird whenever we lose. To, as of recently, it's so weird to lose to Texas at the Red River Rivalry. Can you imagine losing to them twice and them winning the Big 12 championship and we have to see a trophy ceremony of theirs twice in one year? It is just unthinkable. We cannot let that happen in any way, shape, or form. If it gets to the point where if we even win by three and we miss the playoffs, there's still a little sigh of relief inside of me that there's an alternate universe where we lost to Texas twice in one year. And not only that, yeah, at least we didn't lose to Texas again. And we beat him. Got it. We're still Big Twelve champs. Brooklyn Hager still has really long hair. 
Yes. Doesn't have to cut his... The, God, that'd be the worst. Hey, what's up with Texas? Like, you know, what is it? Dylan Ostakowski, their basketball big guy last year, had that weird blonde hair, and then he, like, braided it and everything. I, he cut it this year, so good for Dylan Ostakowski. <laughs> I think it's Dylan. It, Here it, I go yeah, again. It's, I, I'm pretty... We're a last name podcast. Always have, always will be. I think it is Dylan, though. I don't know. I think it's Ostakowski, too. It's definitely Ostakowski. I, I'm not going to look that D-Y-L-A-N. I, I think that's it. But, yeah. so That's the Texas player uh, Sheck West should have made a song about. Honestly. From, from last year. Dylan Ostakowski. Dylan yes, Ostakowski. I got, I got it. Yes. Not Chris Mims. Got my hair in a braid. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I, I, always, I also like this... Uh, photoshops of like Breck and Hager I'm like you, you know what I'm talking about uh, yeah like as a girl like uh like I think I saw I'm pretty sure I saw one with him as the Wendy's logo yes that's that's the one that's exactly. the one I enjoy it's fantastic yes. I, I I I love where the where are you Texas is right now because it's chippy again because you you you, you had two guys with like with Mac Brown and Charlie Strong they're just two you know pretty classy guys they're not going to start anything but Herman's the bad guy you need and some of these players, like like Hager and uh, Ellinger, th- this is the this is the chippiness you need. And you you had that with Mayfield on the OU end. Did you have that? I guess a little with Kyler. Um, this team, I think, still is kind of has that I don't know Baker Mayfield esque vibe where we don't we don't take any of it, and you know it, it still is a very prideful team and. I think I think it, this rivalry has not hasn't been this strong in years in terms of the the chippiness, the heat. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, all you got anything else? I think we pretty much covered it, uh, for both culturally and um, and you know schematically. So that that's our Texas preview. I did lie at the start of the podcast. We are going to do a couple picks, so it's not all just Texas. So let's do some dive in. Let's do a dive into our uh, conference week uh, picks. First up, uh, this is a big one. Uh, number one, Alabama versus number four, Georgia. The Crimson Tide are uh, favored by 13 in the SEC Championship. Obviously, huge implications uh, as you, weirdly enough, need Alabama to win. So, Jameson, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, I, I got Alabama minus 13. Uh, I really like the way Georgia's been playing and everything. And Alabama's been kind of weirdly, like, in those big games, like, like I don't, I mean LSU, small sample size, scoring twenty nine to zero. I would wish that they'd score more points. Their defense has played well. I looked at a mock draft the other day and was surprised how many star players they have on their defense. It's really been overshadowed uh, by their offense this year. Alabama's got a pretty good defense. Georgia's a really good team, but give me, I, th- I, I this is a tough line for me. I like Alabama minus thirteen. Uh, part of the reason because I want them to, and the other half is I'm just not a big fan of Jake Fromm. Yeah, Georgia's definitely taken some steps back this year. Um, you've, you obviously saw in the LSU game. You've seen it at points with. Uh, I mean, you can point out, you know, the Missouri game. They, they struggled a bit, but honestly, this I don't really know if I'm sold on this Alabama team yet. I, I think I think. Um, I think they're all right. I think they're good. They gave up too many points to, to uh, too many points to Auburn. And also, Georgia has this added edge of this is not only just a rematch of the national championship; it's in the exact same stadium. So I think some of that, some of those feelings will be back. I think it's going to be a close game, a really gritty game. Uh, I got Alabama winning it, but I got Georgia covering. I think it's going to be a very stressful time on us OU fans watching it, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, give me give me Georgia. Keep it close. It's that, gonna be tough. That's definitely fair. I didn't really like the way Alabama played versus Auburn last week, uh, but part of that could be the reason they were looking kind of ahead. Yeah, to, to Georgia because they they honestly in Alabama's minds that game did not matter at all other than the rivalry because it's you win the SEC championship you're in exactly. So, and if you lose you're in probably too. So yes, honestly too. I think that also has something to do with it with Georgia, but. You know, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, so next one, Pitt versus Clemson. Clemson is 26.5-point favorites. This is the ACC championship game. This is something that a lot of people say, hey, the ACC is a legitimate conference, but then you look at the championship game and see it's a 26.5-point spread. This is not because Clemson is some once-in-a-generation <laughs> team. No, this is because they're playing Pitt, a team that just scored three weeks last, three, three weeks, three points last week. But guess what? Give me Pitt plus 26.5 I just don't think Clemson's got the fire in them to go out and 
punch him in the face. I I think they're just gonna say, ah, oh, it's Pitt. Yeah, it's, and- it kind of. Uh, they just lost to Miami by 21 last week, 24 to three. Uh, eh, kind of just going lackadaisical. Trevor Lawrence will have a decent game. He's a freshman, but he's playing like he's a veteran right now. Clemson's D is going to be good. Pitt's going to get some garbage. 14 points. Give me like 14 to like 35. Clemson. Pitt might be the strangest team in college football. Uh, I, I'm 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 just looking at their schedule right now. They make no sense. Clemson's great, don't get me wrong, but look at Pitt. They beat Youngstown State in overtime. They needed overtime to beat the Penguins. They, but then they would go and beat Syracuse in in overtime. They, they also lost to North Carolina, who is awful, as we've noted. A two-win team. A two-win team. And one of the wins was to, like, just to, to Pittsburgh, apparently. And then, and then they give Notre Dame probably their toughest challenge of the year. But they also lose to UCF by fifth, by thirty, and then they just, it just they're they're the most inconsistent team in probably college football, and that's saying something considering Oklahoma State exists. I got them to cover just a little bit. Um, I, I went with uh, South Carolina to cover last week, and I, I just I just see Clemson just letting them in just barely. It might be close for times, but not it, like fourteen points close. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, two more touchdowns and it's a game. But I think Clemson's coming to this game kind of like, eh, you know. And Pitt's coming like, we're never gonna have this opportunity ever. Let's not try to look too much like a fool. Yeah, and ho- hopefully Pitt can give it a shot, but I, I don't see it happening at all. Um, it, it ain't gonna be close, but get like 24, 21 points. I think that's kind of fair. What do you? you think I would, so? I would agree with that. Um, I would definitely agree with. I, I think, I think. I think Pitt can definitely keep it close, but I can see why I can I can see it being a four tu- four touchdown Clemson win. Um, and other long shot news we got uh, the stellar six, stellar primetime games. Uh, oh yeah, I know we we really needed we need really needed to do a uh, Imagine Dragons intro before all oh of them. Oh my god, number six Ohio <laughs> State. I'm gonna miss that, dude. Oh yeah, no, I I, I I'm I'm it's sad, but you know. It, it's just going to get reincarnated as another Imagine Dragons song for next year. I've made fun of it so much this year that I just it's, it brings me like happy and gloriness whenever I hear it come on the commercials. <laughs> I try to turn up the volume every single time I do. It yeah, it it it, it brings a little tear to my eye. I listened to it. Uh, I heard it on the radio the other day, and oh, you know no, they've made it to radio. I, it, yeah, it's actually pretty. It, there was a commercial. It, they have an Amazon commercial now. Oh God. And every time I hear, I gotta make it, I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna miss you, college football. It's, at least we have bowl season where it's gonna be played every five seconds. Well, anyways, enough Imagine Dragons talk for eternity. Uh, number six, Ohio State versus number two, Northwestern. Ohio State's only favored by 14. Uh, so Vegas doesn't seem to have much confidence in the Buckeyes. Um, frankly, I don't really know if I do either. Um, what do you think about this? Jameson, what, what, do, you, do you think Northwestern has any shot to overturn them? I have no idea. I have really no idea. Ohio State, everyone's kind of hopping on that they're turning into this complete team now cause, just because one game. But you've got to look at the whole year. They've been so weird. Northwestern, at least they've been consistent. They have played really crappy teams close, and they've played really good teams close. And that would point all signs towards Northwestern keeping it close to Ohio State. I don't know. I think Ohio State's going to cover this one. I'd love if it was 13.5, but that's just how it goes. If I was actually betting, I'd kind of wait to see how it shifted. But I don't know. I kind of just see Ohio State winning this one by 17-21 and me kind of being still on the edge of my seat come um, Sunday at 11 a.m. Yeah, uh, I, this is, it's tough. I think Northwestern has a chance to make it again, but also they are awful and lost to Akron. So it's really, really hard to pick them. Uh, I'm going to go Ohio State. They'll probably push on 14, but give me the Buckeyes, unfortunately. But it could be close. This I think is we've a tough, only had one, one push the whole year on all of our picks, which has been absolutely unreal. It was one or two. I know we pushed on TCU. Uh, TCU-USC was one push. Yeah. And another one, I think we had one recently, but I don't really remember. Uh, really. Uh, I don't know. Uh, here's, <laughs> here's, here's an example of how... How, how much nobody cares about the Pac-12. Their championships on Friday. They did it last year, too, and I think it was like Stanford, and I barely even... It was Stanford-USC, right? Yeah, and nobody and, watched. You know, and Bryce Love did decent, I think. They get they keep getting pushed to this 
garbage spot. If, like, at least we're not the Pac-12. If you would rather watch the Northern Illinois Buffalo game <laughs> and some action Dude. at 6 o'clock, you can watch that instead of the 7 o'clock Utah-Washington. I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, well, who do... Who, okay, so who do you got between the U? This was a weird one because it, it was Washington State all year long, and then they blew it. Um, who do you got between the Utes and the uh, Huskies? Dude, Utah is like a team that I keep on looking at. I'm like, oh, they're actually pretty decent. They've actually done pretty well. I mean, this whole year they just kind of just go along and win their games. They lost to Arizona State. They lost to uh, Washington State, and they lost to Washington earlier. Uh, Washington played pretty well last game, and they looked like kind of the team that they were supposed to be versus Washington State, but that was in kind of um, weird weather with all the snow, and that really took away from Washington State's passing attack. Uh, God, uh, I don't know. We need to talk about how Washington is and being over Texas is a joke. Yeah, that's a exactly. Joke. Yeah, Washington. Just had to mention that. Oh. <laughs> I my first hunch was Washington, but I'm going Utah now because I'm trying to make things crazy because I'm out of this pick'em race anyways. That's true. Why not? Got it. Got to play the wild card. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Utes. I don't know. I, I I saw them beat the crap out of Arizona once and it impressed me. Arizona doesn't make I, anything impressive. No, Arizona was not impressive, especially because Khalil Tate got knocked out and they had to play with, uh, with uh, Rich Rodriguez's son at quarterback. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it was really bad. Um, so. But either way, I haven't watched hardly any of Washington, and I just keep thinking of them thumping Arizona, so I'm just going to go with the Utes. So Good, hop on. I, it, I didn't oh, think you would. I thought forgot, Washington was the common Forgot player. to mention Washington's favored by five, so give me give me the Utes. Moneyline Utes, actually. Give oh, me. that's that's bold. I like it, Hey, they, 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 well, I would say they don't call me Moneyline Bob for no reason, but nobody calls me Moneyline Bob, so. I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if I like Utah Moneyline, but you do you, brother. I, I Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> I, it's five. That's fun. Let's move on to another absolutely ecstatic game. <laughs> Memphis versus UCF, minus three and a half for UCF. Mackenzie Melton just went down with a horrific leg injury, so that just makes this game even more fun. I'm still going with UCF minus three and a half. Memphis has been really weird this year. They've got a really good offense, but their defense has just been atrocious. They got one of the best running backs in the game. Forget his name, but he led the like he was top five in yards per carry. Um, but yeah, I still I just I don't see a universe where UCF loses this game and the UCF talk ends. I think that UCF's going to win again and then just get absolutely demolished in a New Year's Six Bowl, and then that's where it'll end. I think this is too premature for the talk to end, and then they're going to say, oh, we only lost because our quarterback was out kind of thing, but I'm waiting for them to lose by like 30 to someone in the um, um, six, so give me UCF here. Yeah, and it's UCF, this is actually a rematch of a game we've already picked. We picked UCF at Memphis. Well, it's flipped now. It's now in at UCF. We all picked it, and uh, Memphis played them pretty tight earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they Memphis covered, right? They they did cover. All of us all of us missed it that week, actually. Um, I, <laughs> you um, you uh, put they lost to Tulane or they, um, Memphis lost to Tulane! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Tulane, really? Um, so you know what? I, I don't know. I think Memphis is not a bad team. Um, I'm gonna give them. I'm, I'm gonna give them the win here. I think. I think without Melton, they probably have a tiny bit of an edge. I think it'll be a very close game. But yeah, give me give me Memphis cover. I think hell, you might even see Central Florida win on a field goal, and that would be a very bad beat for the rest of everyone. All right, number twenty five, <laughs> Fresno State in the CFP. What should be Army spot playing Boise? Boise's two and a half point favorites. If you are a casual Oklahoma sports fan, you probably haven't heard much from these teams since Boise State lost to OSU. So what do you think, Bobby? Well, I mean, first of all, we need to address the fact that the college football committee clearly hates the troops. They do not respect the troops. And honestly, I am proposing a boycott of uh, the playoff if we get in. We decline our invitation and go to the Bahamas Bowl where they clearly appreciate our troops. I I 100% (laughs) agree, and we had this conversation earlier. Bring back the BCS. Bring it back. BCS, you can't trust humans, like you said. You Uh have to trust a machine. Everything's going towards AI. The machines won't turn on us. We are unpure, and we we need to be clean and let the machines take over. So, anyways, that's my little soapbox on how CFP hates the troops. 
We need to, I, I, and I am calling for it. We're boycotting and going to the Bahamas where they appreciate the U.S. troops. Um, anyways, this game, the WAC Championship, is it still the, it's not the WAC, it's oh, Mountain West? It is not the WAC. They, I at one Mountain point West. in time, they were both WAC, I think, no, but now it, they're Mountain, it, West. It Mountain West. Yeah, no, it's Mountain West. They, I, I'm still thinking in NCAA terms. This is the Mountain West. So, in the Mountain West Championship, we have an alright Fresno team versus an alright Boise team. Boise's really come on as of late. They beat a pretty solid Utah State team. I'm going to take the Broncos. I have no idea who to pick in this game. I don't know anything. Uh, Boise State, they're the higher-ranked team. They get two and a half just by that slight thing. (laughs) I'm going Boise State by a field goal. (laughs) (laughs) You you needed a pencil there. It didn't matter because it's a podcast, but you need the pencil. All right, game of the week. Big game. Drake at Iowa State. We have to pick the Big 12, guys. I know. I, hey, I, I, I've been a staunch believer in picking the Big 12, and we have to pick all of them. Yeah, Bobby came before, so we have seven decent college football championship games, and we have one extra. And I was like, what are you talking about? we got to pick Iowa State versus Drake. And we've looked up Drake. Drake is a wonderful 7-3 and three football fantastic, team. In the FCS, they're in the Pioneer League. They're playing this game because their game on September 1st got canceled versus William Jewell. Let me repeat that without laughing. William Jewell. It, got, it also got canceled because they're like five miles down the road from Iowa State. And they got caught in the same Wayne store. It was... It was I'm, I'm serious. We drove on our way back from Iowa State. We drove through it. It was right next to the Woodshed Cafe. Which is a place that Boosa wanted to eat at. It's right outside of... Right outside of their baseball stadium, home to the Iowa Cubs. Oh, my God. Uh, and right down the street from their basketball stadium, where they host the Iowa Timberwolves. <laughs> so oh, that, my God. That's, that's the type of place Drake is. Um, uh, they, they have... Okay, so just a rundown for people who don't understand. Drake has three losses. One loss versus Montana is actually like a legitimate FCS school. That's a team that you understand. Stetson. Stetson is a team that if you go back 10 years ago as your childhood creating your brackets, you'd see them co- commonly in the NCAA tournaments. It's a 14 seed. They're nothing close to anything in football. They have a loss to them. And they lost to San Diego. And wonderful wins versus Moorhead State. Very Alum, good against Ken- Moorhead. Kenneth Fareed. I'm a big uh, fan of Moorhead. Valparaiso, Dayton, the Butler, Gordon Haywards. <laughs> Like, these are all basketball schools that have just kind of have a football team and deal with it. Uh, and now, at the very end, this Drake team is absolutely fired up to play Iowa State. 42.5-point dogs. There's no legitimate site that has odds, but we found some random site that said Iowa State 42.5, <laughs> so we're rolling with it. Give me Drake 42.5. Why? The you, you know, honestly, the odds are really low for Iowa State on this one because they're only playing one person. I, I think Drake and his turtlenecks, he's just going to be out completely overwhelmed. But you know what? This Iowa State team really doesn't care. I still find Drake and his Drake able to cover. Hopefully, he gets Serge Ibaka or someone to come join, or you know, I don't, I don't know, get someone on board to help him out against Iowa State. But yeah, give me, give me, give me Drake to cover because why not? <laughs> but here's the deal: what is Iowa State going for in this game? Nothing. It's, it's, it's an 11 a.m. game in Ames, which is not spooky. Very unspooky for so, Drake. So that is also very good for Drake. And uh, Iowa State wins. This doesn't help them who they're going to get picked for in their bowl. And if they lose, they're still, it's going to be the same bowl probably either way. I don't. This is not. Going it doesn't to change. change anything. They, and with bowl selections for the kind of record that Iowa State is at, they kind of just throw random matchups just to kind of whatever works. It doesn't really matter what their record is. They're not six and six, so that's a good sign for them. But yeah, Drake's going to not want to play this game. Iowa State's not going to want to play this game. It's going to be similar to the South Park episode where they're both trying to lose the whole time. Exactly. And it's just going to end up in just kind of Iowa State wins, very low scoring. Drake probably gets maybe a field goal. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll probably be like, and it's 42 and a half. I could, see, I could see Drake getting like a really hilarious backdoor here. But either way, that's where that's what we're going to be looking at this Keep this an game. eye on that. So it's 11 a.m., so keep an eye on it. Look at the halftime score. Turn on your notifications game. on your phone. I know you'll want to watch it, but OU Texas means more. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm really anticipating to see this Drake score. Uh, all right, under the real matchup here: OU versus Texas. We've talked a ton about it. We gave you a whole separate podcast about it. But Jameson, 
What do you what do you think is going to happen? OU's favored by seven and a half as of this taping. Um, we I think OU got seven and a half last time. Do you think they uh, do you think they can cover? Uh, no, I do not think so. I think it's going to be a close game. I think even though we really really want to go out and avenge our loss, I think Texas also at the same time they it's not going to really uh have many opportunities to get to a Big 12 championship. They know that deep down. This is a very unique um, experience for them, especially whenever they lost to West Virginia. Uh, give me Texas plus 7.5 here in a close shootout. It's going to be probably like a... I still think we're winning. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be like 48-42, 48-45, somewhere in that range kind of thing. Give me like, um, yeah, around there. Um, I'm not going to do an exact score, but yeah, I still think um, Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey on the outside is going to really hurt our secondary. Some, our secondary in the, um, that kind of had some bright spots, some, but some really bad spots last game. And I'm predicting Ohio State to cover and Oklahoma to not cover, just for the fact to kind of have some insurance here. And yeah. I understand. Um, I always say Texas hate week. There's no way I'm picking um, against OU. I did that this year, this year, and it didn't work. So I'm trying to do some reverse karma here. That's fair, and honestly, I, I look. I, why did I write OU there? I've been t- thinking Texas all the way. Um, I don't really know here because it, again, it's Texas. I don't want to pick them, but you know what? I, I don't really know because I, on one hand, I do not believe this defense can keep a game within a within within a single score. But on the other hand, it's Texas, and I think this is going to really matter more. I think OU barely will just narrowly cover. I think it's I think it's going to be... I do not bet this game. Just enjoy it. Mm-mm. Do not touch it. At all. I and, completely it, agree. Unless you're trying to emotionally hedge and bet Texas, do not bet it. Because <laughs> I, I could see OU just pushing just far enough... To get a to get a double digit game, and I'm only emotionally hedging with this because I have to pick the game. We, that, that's just kind of what we do with that's our fair. weekend spread. But um, if I if I if OU wins, I'm not going to care if I won my weekend spread pick. That's true. Exactly. I'm not going to care at all. But if we win and we slight if we slightly cover, at least I'll be like, oh, at least I got that, and it'll be a very very tiny small victory. Well, but I'll, it's that that's so minimal. Well, I'll boost your I'll boost your uh, emotional hedge by picking OU then because. I'm already. It'll take. It'll be quite a climb for you to get back in it with me and Blake. And uh, I, I really, I my gut really is telling me that OU is going to cover here. Yeah, I, I feel deep down that actually it will. My gut's going okay. Texas too. Nope, I'm, oh, I'm changing. I'm changing. I've Let's... I've talked myself out of it. This is Texas hate week. Jackson. Yeah, this is what am I doing? That, this is a weak mind. There's no such thing as superstition. I'm I'm superstitious. One thing. I'm not going to wear the same clothes that I wore to that game. Smart. I'm completely changing. No it emotional edge. And to be honest, and I kind of got some bad vibes because my favorite OU shirt before the Texas game last year got ripped in my dryer. Aww. And it was really sad. But we have knitted it up. And it is back and good to go, and I am wearing it on Saturday. That is the good luck shirt. It'll be a good time. I I'm changing back to OU. Texas hate week. What am I doing, yeah, James? It's, it's, it's just not going to the Cotton Bowl. I'm all kinds of screwed up. I, I get that, and I I see what you're getting at. I yeah, I'm going OU still. I also now I'm really worried about what shirt I wore because I can't remember it and I wasn't in any pictures. So I'm I'm a little shook at the moment. Uh, So now I don't want to wear the wrong shirt to the Cotton Bowl. I'll get to work on that. Um, But yeah, no, that's... Ask ask people. Someone has to remember. Hopefully someone remembers. I I don't know. But either way, uh, well, that's our our preview for for Conference Championship Week. We will see you on Tuesday where we will talk about what happened... What's you know what 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 happened in the Texas game? What the bowl future is? We ha- we got some stuff lined up for you, but we'll give you a little little little, little something little little bit of podcast be on before can, the long weekend winter spread is done, and uh, we'll do I guess final and corner yeah there, final and corner before before um, our next one before the for the for bowl the game and after that that'll be after early signing period. There's gonna yeah. be a lot of things that are gonna happen there. We'll figure out who won the. Weekend spread. Yeah, we'll have a weekend I, spread champ. Have Blake on. Maybe talk some uh, bowl, like do yeah. a bowl pick'em pod. That'd be pretty fun. I'm out of the race. I've had a horrible year, and that's why I don't bet on sports. I, I feel like I de- decently know a lot about college football and everything, but I'm just not good at picking. I've just never been. Yep, that's fair, uh, and I don't know why. And that's probably because I've been not researching these picks before, and I'm just going on intuition. 
right before, and that's a very poor idea. And plus, it's another thing is that we force these picks on you, but I'm just making excuses because y'all are doing awesome this year. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I, I, most of, Blake, I think, actually researches. I just do intuition sometimes and really – and sometimes it bites me. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. But anyways – yeah, well, that's what you know. What the postseason is what what matters. It'll be yeah. a fierce battle for the twenty dollars Venmo transfer. I am defending champ. My bowl record last year was like ninety nine point nine percent. Exactly. Wild. You like my March Madness and bowl record last year was like phenomenal. I don't know if I can like do better than that. It doesn't matter but, what you do in the regular season. It matters what you do in the postseason. The weekend spread. Who cares if I win that? <laughs> it's all about that twenty dollars. It don't mean a thing without that twenty dollar Venmo transfer. Yeah, no wife into the club. Come on, <laughs> give give Jameson twenty dollars. All right. Well, we'll have more information on you for that later. Um, we will see you next week. Until then, Boomer Sooner and beat Texas. Hello.